630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Steven Stamkos has tied the game. Ten minutes left in the first period game. One of these final Tampa Bay and the Rangers are even 1-1. We'll keep you posted on that one. We got the Oilers on 6.30, Chad, tomorrow, 4 o'clock for the face-off show. Game at 6. I will be down in Ice District Plaza once again for the face-off show. Then I'll move inside for the road game watch party. That was fun last night. Always a great environment as the Oilers will try to even up the series. Friday on 6.30, Chad. We got an Elks game, second and final preseason game, the Stand with Ukraine game. It'll be a 5.30 countdown to kickoff with Brendan and Morley and Dave and Blake, and then it'll be the kickoff at 7. Now, the Elks' first regular season game is next Saturday. That's June 11th when they will be visiting the BC Lions. So we got all the Oilers. We got all the Elks here on 6.30, Ched. We'll tell you a little bit about the Edmonton Riverhawks uh, later on tonight. Their manager, former big leaguer, Kelly Stanett, going to join me. And we'll have more on the Oil Kings later on, too, with uh, Jake Neighbors as they get ready for the league final starting Friday against Seattle. Man, oh, man, a lot to talk about. But uh, as usual, the Oilers leading the way as they are down one nothing in the best of seven to the Colorado Avalanche. We're talking about the goaltending. Uh, Jay Woodcroft did not to commit to which goaltender is going to play. Uh, he did say uh, the, this uh, on Koskinen in relief last night. Yeah, I thought I thought Miko gave us a chance yeah. to win the game. He made some saves at the right time. We still weren't as clean defensively as myself or our coaching staff would want, but he made some made some big saves. And you know, in the end, we found a way to make it a seven six hockey game, and we had a couple great A's to tie that up. We didn't do it. Somehow, sometimes you get what you earn in hockey. And um, yeah, we weren't as good as we needed to be last night. We all know that. Well, I, I think whether we're talking about that offside call or not, the Oilers were not good enough. Uh, they were in shots on goal, not always an indicator of the game flow. I think they were in the first period last night. The Oilers got out shot 16-8. When the Oilers scored... On three occasions, Colorado scored relatively quickly after that. That isn't good. And there were, I think, with the Oilers' puck management wasn't very good. I think they turned the puck over in the neutral zone way too much. Uh, I thought they had a little too much. Rob talked about this last night. They had a little too much gap when the Avalanche 4 were on their way into the zone, and that didn't help. And we have seen the Oilers have that as a problem throughout the season. And, uh, yeah, they. I mean, it was... They allowed seven goals in the first 28 minutes of the game, first 27 minutes of the game. So that's not a formula for your victory, even if you can debate some of those goals or, or not uh, about the offside. Not a good enough performance by the Oilers. And Woodcroft was also asked today about losing the first game in each series so far. This team has lost um, three game number ones. I can't tell you that we haven't done that. That's a fact. I think in all three of those games, uh, they were tied or within one goal. Um, so did we play perfectly? We didn't play perfectly. We know we can be better, just like we could be better after game one versus L.A., just like we could be better after game one versus Calgary. So um, that is what it is. got to give credit to the other teams sometimes too, and they did some good things. Well, they did do a lot of good things. The Oilers are just going to have to do their things better. It's usually what it comes down to in sports. 
doesn't it? I, again, McCarr is a huge key to this series to me. I, I think McDavid is still going to get his points. I think Dreisaitl is still going to get his points. I do think Smith is going to bounce back because he's been doing it for, quite frankly, the last few years. The the, the uh, Colorado goaltending story will be an interesting one. Um, Fransuz finished the game. We don't know Kemper's status. Jared Bednar didn't reveal anything today. So maybe it's going to be Fransuz in net. Is that an advantage for Edmonton? I suppose, statistically speaking, it should be. Maybe he's going to... He made some good saves last night. thought he wasn't awesome, but I do think he made some good saves. Kelly Rudy's going to comment on the goaltending in a few minutes. So I, I think it's far from over. I do think the Oilers are much more resilient than they were in the last two playoffs. They're more resilient than they were for most of the first half of the season, quite frankly. And Jay Woodcroft says, of course, we got to execute better. If you've gone out and you've... Uh, performed at the level you want to perform and you um, give up seven goals, then it's it's worrisome. But for us, we don't feel that we executed at the level that we know we can execute at, specifically on the defensive side of things. And uh, for us, there's some, some things that we have to clean up in our game. Now, that's on the negative side of things. On the positive side of things, we found a way to um, fight our way back, and that's positive and everything like that. But we got way behind early. That doesn't set us up for success. We found a way to score six goals. That's a positive sign. Uh, but for us, our execution and attention to detail with our checking and our fundamental defensive skills can improve. Well, I like the way <laughs> fundamental defensive skills that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to say that they uh, forgot to do some very basic things that are related to defensive play in hockey. So I think that's uh, an interesting term used there by Woodcroft. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was uh, commenting on the necessary changes for the next game. There will definitely be uh, specific things that uh, we'll go through that they do uh, that we didn't do well enough that uh, we got we have to correct and got to be able to see those things uh, right away and, uh, and be able to adjust and, uh, and bear down and, and fix some some stuff. So, I mean, that definitely uh, it's up to him to show us and it's up to us to execute. All right, a little bit there from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Game coming up tomorrow, 4 o'clock face-off show and the play-by-play just after 6, all here on 6.30. Chad, Kelly Rudy's going to check in when we get back. That's a good track. He joins us every week on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? Well, I'm doing very well. And I I do think it's interesting. I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, the Oilers have to improve defensively, and especially in the opening games of series. Yeah. Well, haven't they? Eight is less than nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's a good take on it, Reed. And, uh, that's one of optimism, right? That's the way you should look at things. Yeah. Try to be try to be positive. It was a wild one. Look, I, I feel like we know the Oilers can play better, and they probably will, but we also know how potent the Avalanche are. I'm just wondering what stood out to you last night from the perspective of the Avalanche attacking and the Oilers trying to defend it? 
the quick strikes by the Avalanche after the Oilers had scored. So three of the goals that the Oilers had scored, uh, and I'm going to be wrong on the third one, but after Kane scored, Comfer scored, I think, 36 seconds after. After Hyman scored late in the first, it was nine seconds later that McCarr scored. And then after Ryan McLeod scored, I think it was a minute 20-something. I don't have my notes right in front uh, of me. Like min- the minute 41. Yeah, minute 41. 41, right. Yeah. So. Um, and that to me was the game, uh, in a nutshell, really, when you, you work so hard to get those goals and then you just give them away, just what seemingly looks too easy and too quickly after, because you don't carry any momentum then at that point. Yeah. Well, and we, Rob and I talked a little bit too about puck management turnovers in the neutral zone. And I noticed that. And then once the avalanche jump on the puck, it's not just their top guys. I mean, they're probably top seven or eight guys. They can just go. They just take off. That's 100%. And even a guy on the fourth line, Logan O'Connor, that I know his parents from Calgary, and he has had a breakout year. And you need guys like that. And and it's no longer the fourth line guy uh, can't play. Like, they have to play, and they have to be able to skate. And you look at uh, the fourth line, or at least two thirds of that fourth line for the uh the Oilers and you know Archibald and Cassian hit everything in sight and especially early and it, it led to a turnover by uh Devon Tays behind his net a good scoring opportunity for for the Oilers and so that's what you need throughout your lineup and uh, uh I'm not going to say that uh, uh Archibald and Cassian are the most talented guys but they get a lot out of themselves and Cassian as you know had that nice breakaway opportunity in the second period so uh you need that depth for sure well that what was interesting last night is every line scored for the Oilers and usually you'd right. say before the game that's a, a almost a guaranteed victory and they still weren't able to to do it yeah I mean they, they lost. So the loss is the loss. The series is one, nothing. Is there any value or do you read anything into though down seven, three last night, make a game of it D- down six, two to Calgary in game one, even though you lose, you tie it up coming back from two, nothing down in a couple games against the flames. Like, does that say something to you about this Oilers team? It does. And that's why in the second intermission of our broadcast, uh, Ron McLean, I think it was seven, four at the time. And Ron McLean said, is this game over? And I said, not a chance. I thought that the the Oilers had a good chance to uh, not only get close, but to uh, tie it up. And they they were right on the cusp of that. So this is a unique group that, and, and you know, and in unique, I want to say there was a moment last night. I want to say they were down by two goals uh, at least. And we panned their bench. And there's tons of communication and nobody had that, oh, woe is me look where you're looking down at the at the floor and nobody's talking and nobody's encouraging each other. And at that point, I thought, OK, this is a really cool group because they don't get discouraged and they recognize with the team that they have and the firepower that they can uh, fight their way back into a game. And and I do mean fight their way into it like they don't. They don't wait for soft opportunities. They fight their way back into it. So there's a lot of good things from the, even though they lost it, they uh, work their way back into it. Interesting game because all four goaltenders played. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you, like, is there any doubt in your mind that Smith starts game two or how are you feeling about that? 
No, not at all. And considering his numbers, uh, I mean, we, uh, our stats department gave us the numbers and his rebound game has been incredible in games too. And we know that throughout the series uh, and his career that uh, you never doubt Mike Smith in a rebound game and uh, his composure is uh, amazing. Like I'm just in awe of the way that he can come back from a really uh, maybe embarrassing, maybe last night was embarrassing because I, I didn't think the team defended well in front of himself, but other games in which he didn't play very well and, uh, and just be rock solid in a, in a rebound game. Kemper, we don't know. Um, by the way, I thought Koskinen looked really good last night. All four of us, uh, Jennifer, Elliot, Ron and I had that discussion uh, behind the scenes off camera that in the third period, if not for Koskinen, that game would have been definitely over. He looked really confident, whereas Francois, when he came in and replaced Kemper, I didn't think he looked as confident. I'm not going to blame him for any of the three goals, but he didn't look as sure of himself as you would expect. I know coming in under difficult circumstances and maybe knowing fully that uh, for game two, if he does get the start, that that'll help because uh, prior to coming over to North America, he was a guy that uh, a lot of teams tried to uh, sign. Um, and so he had he had a resume built up overseas that was really impressive. Now, it hasn't quite maybe translated to the North American game or the NHL, but nonetheless, there's a, a high skill set there. What would it take for you to leave a playoff game besides maybe a bone, obviously sticking out through your skin? <laughs> well, and that would be about it. I, uh, and it's a different era. I get that. And I don't know. And I can't speculate to what Kemper's going through, but, uh, you know, maybe for the good of the, the organization or that, that moment, that's the right thing to do. And maybe I could have done that a, co a couple of times earlier just because it, it would have been the right thing. But my mindset was, and most goalies back then, uh, I don't care if I'm going to give up 12, uh, I'm in the battle with you guys. Now, maybe it wasn't injury-related, injury but still, you kind of get my, uh, my thought process in that. All right. Uh, Kelly Bruges, joining us in Inside Sports. Of course, i got to ask you your view of the offside controversy, which – Rob and I talked about it extensively. I was still getting explanations from, from officials, yep. you know, throughout the, the process of overtime open line last night. And I've, I'm kind of at the point where I get it, but I don't get it. If that, if that makes sense. Yep. I mean, I, I, I don't remember seeing something like that before. What's your view of that play? Yeah. Well, Elliot last night did a great job tracking down uh, three other situations that were very similar that all turned out to be good goals. And uh, in fact, Ron and I had an example that we just couldn't find the video from a Calgary Flames game, I believe, during the pandemic and the very same exact same situation. And so uh, I can understand the confusion. And that's kind of where our rule book is kind of difficult to understand that there's it seems like some things are open to interpretation, which they're they're. I guess you could make that argument. But in the case of that goal last night. That was a good goal. And, and in fact, I watched an interview with Kyle Bukoskis uh, today, post-game with uh, Makar, and he kind of suggested that maybe it wasn't in the spirit of the rule, but he knew not to touch the puck into, into the offensive zone. Now, that's pretty darn clever. Now, the thing he did admit is that he didn't know if Nachushkin did clear the zone yet. He didn't have a chance to look 
over his right shoulder and see had the player cleared the zone. But nonetheless, that's pretty darn clever that I don't know a lot of other players in the league would have known not to touch the puck. And in fact, to that point, Elliot had a number of current players uh, texting him saying, I didn't know that was the rule. And so, uh, and I said last night also that maybe this is a good teaching moment for not only the players on the Avs and the Oilers and uh, Tampa and the Rangers, but every player moving forward that this will be a call that will be made more often now. There's more clarity on it. And to have the wherewithal when you sort of put the puck into the offensive zone, not to touch it for whatever, a brief second or a second or two, if you can wait that long and please allow your teammates to try and get back on side. Well, I started with optimism, so I'll end with cynicism to balance it out. Or McCarr is just saying that, so he makes it sound more convincing <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that the goal should account it. <laughs> Nicely put from an Oilers broadcaster. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, I enjoy the uh, game one of the East final tonight. And of course, we'll do this next week. Always plenty to talk about, Kelly. Thanks, Reed. Take care, my friend. All right. Always great to have Kelly Rudy on the show. He is presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit Sentinel Storage.ca. Good perspective from Kelly on the uh, series and his view of the offside, non-offside call at the uh, end of the first period on the Kale McCarr goal. And McCarr, awesome. Again, I think the Oilers stopping him or slowing him down could be the key to victory for Edmonton in this series. Hey, uh, do you know someone who bleeds orange and blue? Then I want you to nominate them to win a pair of Oilers playoff tickets for game three of round three as uh, the Oilers take on the Avalanche. So that's Saturday's game. We're taking nominations at 630ched.com. You look for the Oilers Super Fan Contest on the contest page on 630ched.com. This is also presented by Sentinel Storage, and somebody's going to get a pair of tickets for Saturday's game between the Oilers and the Avalanche. So that is pretty cool. Again, go to the contest page. When I mentioned this a couple of days ago, and I appreciate your enthusiasm, but a couple of listeners emailed me directly. I wish I could give you tickets just because you emailed me, but I can't. you got to go to the contest page and get in on it that way, which is uh, pretty, pretty cool. Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, also came out and addressed the assembled media in Denver, and he commented on the slow starts, falling behind one nothing in each series. I don't think it's who we are. I mean, we definitely uh, uh, had the mindset to, to win that the, uh, the first 10 minutes yesterday, and uh, we, we did a pretty good job of that, and then uh, we, we let it get away from us a little bit, so... I mean, you kind of said game ones haven't been our thing for sure. I mean, there's no question of that. But uh, at the same time, we got to start better. Uh, I think in that Calgary series, we started to see our starts become better, and uh, it, it pushes teams back, and then we start rolling from there. So it's something that we're very capable of. Uh, we got to find that tomorrow. The actual first few minutes of the game, yeah, fair enough from news, weren't that bad. They had a little bit of pressure. Remember, Kulak tried that sharp angle shot that went off the post just past the two-minute mark of the game. The Oilers uh, did score first. Vander Kane scored on a breakaway. It was kind of after that the Avalanche took over and uh, had the 3-2 lead after the first period. So, you know, interesting comments from Nugent Hopkins. He said that's not who we are with slow starts. Unfortunately, for parts of the year, it has been. And uh, certainly doesn't plague the Oilers as badly as it did back when they had that uh, stretch where they only won two times in 15 games. But we have discussed that quite a bit, that we often wish they 
would be a bit of a stronger team in the first 10 minutes of games. You know, they fell behind a few times against Calgary last night, maybe kind of a mixed review over the first 10 minutes. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.